Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for stopping into Java Chat. This is Mike Clay Keeney. I am honored to be able to share the interview I just finished recording a little while ago with Mark Harris. Um, he is an executive coach, uh, coach actually a lot of different types of coaches. Um, a lot of his work is based uh, off of the Think and Grow Rich um, series. Uh, we found out there's a series of books that need to be that need to be read in order to be really to understand. Uh, Think and Grow Rich is a great beginning. Got some great suggestions. And there's a lot more to that story. He shares a lot of wisdom and knowledge in this particular interview. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Enjoy the interview. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you should say that. You know, focus is the name of the game, my friend. All day. I've, learned, I've learned that the hard way too many times. It is. I mean, uh, I, I teach my clients this. I teach my students this. I teach everybody because it, it, what ends up happening is the simple way of looking at it is, is that if you have a magnifying glass and you're trying to channel all the energies, you're going to do it to one point, right? Yeah. Now, that'll burn. It'll burn, right? But if you try to take it, and, and even if you're a perfect referral focuser, okay, and you try to actually take the magnifying glass and then go between two per, per two points, neither one will burn. Yeah, neither one. Neither one of them will burn. Yeah. And there's so many other factors about that. You got to take it to the end, and then move to the next one. The, the amount of focus. I'll get. I read it a great story because I'm, I'm kind of writing, I wouldn't call it a book, but it's another episode of what we've been teaching on success. It's called Success Environments. Okay. And basically the concept is, is that you do everything you can to make that a focused environment for success for yourself. Right. And uh, one of the things I'm putting in the book is a story about uh, Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. And for two years, he didn't listen to any music. He didn't read any news and all that stuff. And then he becomes the richest man in the world. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> okay so okay focus works you know <laughs> uber, uh, yeah that's uber focus big time yeah so that's an interesting story it is yeah he decided that not unless he's not listening to any uh i think we're just doing that just there you go you know um another guy who, who was who is and was like that was gary vaynerchuk i'm sure you know that name mm -hmm. he's a big one on focus too it's just like just bury your head stop the gaming stop the stop the screwing around if you, you know he he actually was a gamer and he said, I wanted to be a businessman, so I had to give up gaming. And I, I thought about that, and I was like, you know, I'm a gamer too. And so my gaming has gone considerably down. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to get it off my computer here shortly. It's just I'm trying to find other ways to take a break. Um, right. If you have any suggestions on that, I'm sure some of the people listening to this and watching this will want, will want those suggestions as well. Because as much as sitting back and listening to, you know, binaural beats on, on YouTube is cool, it's like, Okay, now what do I do? Because right. still, there's still that itch to be busy, hopefully productively busy, but it's like, what do I do? I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, this is going to sound really backwards, but I don't want to be so focused that I get so lost in it that I forget the rest of my life. But I want to be focused enough that I'm effective. Well, that's, I spent five years. <laughs> Tell you dealing with this with with the point hill. Okay. Okay, because this definitely chief aim thing. Myself, okay, how in the world do you do that? Because I'm a balanced guy, and uh, and since I have them, and I still I'm I'm successfully married for thirty years almost. Congratulations. Okay, I have thirteen children who love me, who all live Ooh. with me. My first one's getting married in a couple weeks. Okay, and 
you know, I had to deal with, okay, well, how, what's he talking about this definite chief aim thing? Now, I know that if you focus every bit of your efforts on one thing, it'll happen, sure. you'll achieve it. The problem is, like you said, what happens to the other areas of your life? Right. Right? Yeah. So, like, for instance, people like, um, what's his name? Um, J. Paul Getty. Oh, yeah. So he said, look, I'd give every penny I have if I could just have a great marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a good financial decision would be not only to make the money, but also to make sure that you don't lose your family in the right. process. Right. And so it's got to be this balance. So when I was thinking about this for five years, I was, okay, is it a network of goals? Okay, maybe it's this, maybe it's a movie. Okay, so the beginning of the movie is where I'm at now, and the end of the movie is where I'm going, right? right so right. and so okay, I'm in the movie, I'm gonna plan, okay, this is how I'm gonna have breakfast, and this is how I'm going to go to sleep, and this is what I'm gonna do on the weekends, and this right. is what I and this whole thing is my goal, my definite chief aim. Okay. Is it possible to have a definite chief aim that's a movie with all those details? I don't think that's what he in intended. At the same time, it is important. So now I'm not sure how much, you know, I'm, I'm a, I became the time when I started really studying law of success, I also became a Christian really. And I started reading the Bible every day. And so what happened was I was reading the scriptures and basically the scriptures brought it all to light to me. Okay. What it said this, he said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So yeah. the focus was, that was the focus. Right. That's the definite chief aim. Correct. Correct. I mean, yeah. die yeah. here, we yeah. all die, right? No one gets out of life. That's right. Okay. You know what? Then here's the question. Did you achieve that? Now, yeah. as it turns out, all the other stuff will be added to you as well. Yeah. You know what? You'll be giving. And you know what? People will naturally give you back. Okay. Give and it shall be given to you kind of stuff, right? Um, giving starts the receiving process, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that fifth, that fifth element on the success formula, you know, yeah. everything has to be done justly. And, and it's, that's all over Proverbs, live the just life and all, all good things will come. Absolutely. It's, it's plainly clear. And, and thanks for bringing that point up because that it's kind of funny, um, being a certified business etiquette trainer, quote unquote. Um, that's one of my biggest things is where does most of that come from? And it does come from the scriptures. If you, if you love others as you love yourself, you wouldn't do anything stupid, right? And you would, you would be considerate of others and you exactly. would serve others. Yeah. And of course they would want to serve you. And it just, it, it rolls one right into the other. That actually makes a lot of sense. Thanks for bringing that to light. Cause um, that's one of the aspects of how does this shit work really comes out. You know what I mean? And I, I know there's a lot of guys that I have that listen to this that are going to say the same thing. Oh, that's all great, Danny, but how's it work? Oh, exactly. when you, when you came to that realization, when, when you came to that point, what happened? I mean, like what changed in what you were doing I mean, your process, your daily process is now what it is because of that realization. So how did, what, well, what did a, you do? I had a big epiphany. So it was, it was really kind of interesting. Uh, I was working 80 hours a week. Good line. My in my office and the whole bed. And I was on, and it was really interesting. So one day we had our third child, my wife and I. Uh -huh. I had no idea. She woke up one morning at, on a Sunday at 6 a.m. And I was already gone. And she was like, I can't believe this. He's gone already. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, I, would, I would be there on Saturdays. That's the day off we take. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I'd be there until then. And Sunday morning, I'd be back at work for six days, you know, and, and working eight hours or 80 hours a week and stuff. And so the plus drive time home and all that. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, not like a job. 
But, you know, the funny thing was, is that um, she prayed. She goes, I can't deal with this anymore. I can't, you know, I know you gave him to me and this and that, but I, I don't know how we're going to raise our children. This isn't a life, right? Yeah, right. So that, I didn't know she prayed that. So that day, I'm over here, I am, you know, I, I basically read in the bathroom. So I'm reading, I'm reading actually as it turns out, this is like 20 years ago. And um, I'm reading uh, Dr. Hill's uh, Grow Rich with Peace of Mind, I think it was. Anyway, and it had, no, the Master Key to Riches, which actually had uh, 12 riches in it. So that day, I just happened to be reading the 12 riches in life, which is nice. Awesome. Wow, I said, okay, number one, I got that one. Number two, okay, I got that one. Number three, I got that one. Number four, I got that. Five, six, seven, I got that. Eight, nine, ten, I got that one. Eleven, I got that one, right? And then twelve, financial independence. And you know what? I just realized something. I'm jeopardizing all my riches for financial independence. Yeah. I'm jeopardizing all of them. I'm jeopardizing yeah. my relationship with my wife and my children and my, my peace of mind and all those different things. For, this, for what? Okay, and work it's crazy. So I came home, I apologized to my wife, mm. I told her what the scoop was. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm moving my office home. Yeah. I went from 80 to 70 to 60 to 50 to about 50 hours a week. Right. Only working at home. I would go down to the office whenever I needed to. Okay, briefly. And you know what? It just changed our lives. And and, and I was able to have a great, I was always got to see my wife and my children uh, in between stuff, whatever else for lunch and for breakfast. And then I, you know, it was, it was out, they were always available because I, they'd be just right outside my office and I could right. go what I needed to do. But it created the, it took the priorities and it changed them. And of course, you know, here's the big lesson. The big lesson really is, is that business success is just a small subset of life success. And the problem is, if, you're, if you don't build your business to serve your life, then your life is going to serve your business. I think over half of the entrepreneurs that take the beginning part of the journey and, and fail, fail because they don't realize that. Right. I, mean, I think, I think, because I have, I know I've, I've run into that with a few of my companies trying to sacrifice, and this is before I had my son, you know, just being single or having the life that I had. It was more chasing the chasing the, the the money and the dream versus focusing on the proper result, which is a, a good life. And I think I think too a lot of people mistake um, the premise of think and grow rich as it's it's the way to get you quote unquote rich. I have to say it otherwise the, the guys on the podcast won't see it. Um, but from what I'm hearing, and I'd love to run down this rabbit hole if you don't mind. Um, think and grow rich is really just the beginning to think and live rich. If I, if that makes sense, it's not, it's not just growing rich, it's living richly. I mean, you just mentioned another book that I haven't read yet. Um, and I'm, I'll, I'll need the titles of those books if you don't mind. So I can put them in the links in the podcast and stuff. That was the master key to riches that one. Yeah. But master key to riches. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think if people understood that think and grow rich is the beginning of the journey rather than the journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you help me expand on that a little bit as, as to where Dr. Hill took all of this? Well, the, the reality was, is that he, when he started his whole journey, uh, what had happened was he was mentored by Andrew Carnegie. Yeah. 
and he interviewed all these people and he spent 20 years creating the law of success. Right. Okay. And because he basically didn't publish the shit really big time until 28, 1928, what ended up happening was um, basically that it was the beginning of the depression and mm. it didn't very well. Plus it was a big volume and it was in eight, uh, two lesson chapters and all that it just didn't work. The fact was he created a, a summary of that, which was Thinking Grow Rich, uh, and just completely rewritten. The copy I have of Thinking Grow Rich, which I don't have here right now, but it basically shows in the end that the that his advanced course, in other words, you just start with Thinking Grow Rich, the advanced course is the law of success. And so that's where you got to go next. The, 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 the challenge was that most people don't ever go there with it because it's just too uh, too deep. Uh, but it's uh, that's where it went. So what what ends up happening is you got to understand uh, a couple things. Plus, there's a journey of Dr. Hill going on at the same time. Yeah, most people don't know this because they actually try to think that he was broke and all this other thing, and that's true. Because most people don't know his life and why he start how he started, and then he basically uh, uh, he he basically became um, kind of like agnostic for a while, then almost atheist for a while. Then, when he loses his faith in the Almighty, really, uh, what ends up happening is he loses his wife, loses his family, loses his money, wow. loses his business, goes out of business and all that stuff. All of a sudden, he has all these problems, and he gets in all the weird stuff, if you want to call it that. Uh, and then, he, at the end of his life, um, you know, I saw that he kind of regained his faith in the Almighty again. Okay, and all of a sudden he starts making money again and he gets a nice wife and all these other things happen. Well, people don't see that stuff. They just see what they think is the same guy throughout the entire time, but it's not that at all. And so I asked Ben about this as well. And I said, so what about this and what about that? And, and him and I came to the conclusion that absolutely at the end, he finally got it back. In fact, he told me, he said he absolutely had it back at the end. And we know he was making money at the end because Ben <laughs> paying him almost the equivalent of about three or four hundred thousand dollars a year to mentor him at the time at the end of his life it was almost a million dollars over three years in today's dollars so he was he didn't die broke like some people think uh and the second thing is is that we've kind of uh because of that we understand a final law of success that um is is directly connected uh to faith in the almighty so um it's basically simply put is if you uh, if you if you forget the creator forget success it's interesting yeah. that um that's such a justification and kind of proof in the pudding uh, or or the proof's actually in the eating mm-hmm. which he which which he did mm-hmm. uh, i didn't know that part of his story i i i, I also thought he passed away poor uh mm-hmm. i didn't realize in fact when when they released outwitting the devil i was like Okay, how's this one guy? Because I haven't read that book, that book yet, but I understand it's also quite powerful. But the the title alone was kind of like, wait a minute, why is, is he talking about outwitting Lucifer? Because that one's a pretty devious one in and of itself. The 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 being, we all know about him. Right. Um, he's well described. Right. Um, I I've I even have a couple of friends that have had experiences and visions of of an apparition that would perceive to be that. Right. And they said, he's nothing like what the movies make him out to be. Son of a gun's a real good looking dude. Nope. And he's, and he's very good with words. And I'm like, well, yeah, 
that's the whole point of what he does with everybody. So that's cool to hear that when, Oh, what was I going to ask? Um, so there's an actual, so the advanced course, how does somebody get into the advanced? I mean, if they've read and think and grow rich and they're doing okay, I mean, think and grow rich in and of its own is already going to, is already going to cause a shift in being shift in thinking. It should anyway, if anybody's really following it, but there's going to be a point where it's like, was that it? What now? How does one get to that advanced course that you just mentioned? Well, the reality was he considered, as far as a book goes, he considered the law of success book as, mm -hmm. as the advanced course, which was his original work. Right. It's just, most people didn't get a chance to read it at the time. So that's number one. But number two is um, the, the real big issue is, is that he realized in the 60s that the, the real advancements in success for people was going to be in some things that he completely kind of overlooked. Okay. Um, he, it was kind of a strange thing, but he didn't realize that his own biggest success his own biggest success didn't come by reading a book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you can't learn how to become a, a brain surgeon reading a book. Okay. Yeah, good luck on that one. You're not going to become like a nuclear scientist or whatever, reading a book or, right. you know, whatever, you know, so what you have to do is it has to take something else. Well, what made him, what his biggest, you know, we'll call it a uh, uh -huh moment, which wasn't just a moment. It was a whole 20 years. And that was his mentorship uh -huh. with, Andrew Carnegie. Uh -huh. And so later on, so in the 60s, he starts mentoring Ben, you know, and that's how he started The Last Protege, because The Last Protege is all about basically the most important thing, a couple of most important things. And there's, there's a bunch of little things that are the, the big differences between everything. It's kind of like if you had a radio station and you're like one off, like one tenth of a frequency number off, it's going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but if you change one little thing, it sounds like the most beautiful music on earth. Right, and so you just have to have that those couple of tweaks, and one of them is being mentored by somebody who knows what they're talking about. So we've decided to create the the leading success mentoring program in the world, you know, and that's what we're doing. And so that's number one. That's a biggie. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. So the, the way Einstein put it was that <laughs> he said that um, you know. Um, in theory, theory and practice are the same. Right. Okay. He says, but in practice, they are not. Right. And so there's a big difference between, first of all, the theory in thinking grow rich, the theory in the law of success, and then what it takes to actually put it into practice. And then even when you know that advanced knowledge of what it takes to put into practice, mm -hmm. do you actually do it? And the answer is usually no. Right. Okay. First of all, the 100 million people who bought Think and Grow Rich, most of them haven't read it, yet alone did anything with it, right? Yeah, so, unfortunately. Right? So that's the first thing. So even if you read it, did you, are you doing something with it? Right. That's why it takes accountability, and that's why it also takes a guide, a mentor. And so that's kind of what we've added to the mix on it. But the reality, that's where it's really at. It's about, uh, you know, I took it, and I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a faithful student. If you saw how I devour these books um and what i do with them it's pretty crazy but the reality is it's about then putting it to the test trial and error you know the school of hard knocks because you learn through doing yeah in fact, that's yeah. on the first page of the law of success the first yes. page of the law 
about success. It says uh, Gonzalez wanted to create a school, and the school was for basically those who should learn by doing. Right. And that's how you learn. And that's why you need a mentor and a guide uh, because the, just learning or reading alone is not going to make you uh, not only a brain surgeon, but it's not going to help you even do the simplest things like riding a bicycle. You're not going to learn how to. to yeah. You got to have somebody that actually has been there and done that and, and succeeded in it or sometimes not succeeded in it. So you know what to avoid. Um, I've, I've had some mentors in the past that taught me because of the fact that they said, don't do that. I already tried that. It doesn't work, but it, but it has to work. It makes sense. He goes, yeah, it makes sense, but it doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think, I think that's a huge, it's, it's interesting that we see mentors in sports, mm-hmm. otherwise known as coaches. Yeah. Um, we see mentors, we see mentors in a few different places. Like you said, in medical, that you always have to, you have to, your residency, you're always under another physician, somebody who's been there and done, you know, how many ever neurosurgeries, et cetera, et cetera. Why wouldn't somebody take it for this? And that, yeah. you know, a hundred million, a hundred million dust gathering books is really disappointing. If you ask me. <laughs> exactly. Is there, so, so Dr. Hill actually has a list of books. This is, this is going to sound shocking, but this is news to me because I've only known Think You Grow Rich. Um, I've heard about Winning the Devil and The Law of Success. I may have heard it once. There's a list of books I'm hearing that I'm missing. And yeah. I would, I would ask if possible, if you wouldn't mind just writing out that list of books, because I plan on getting them today. <laughs> yeah no i mean <laughs> i'm not gonna there's one thing that i always hate doing is being incomplete i did that years ago and I, I realized that it's just one of the worst it's one of the worst qualities to have quote unquote is to not finish what you started and i was famous for that in my younger days and i was just like yeah i, I don't want to go there anymore so if there's something more to complete it please let's complete it um and of course i'll put that list out for everybody you mentioned the last protege yep as a program this is something that's being offered as a yes. service or how does, what's, what is that? Ben and I are putting together. Wait, wait, stop. Who's Ben? Okay. Ben. You guys don't know Ben. Yeah. We got, we got to talk about Ben because Ben's just freaking phenomenal. I love the guy. So what happened is, is that at the last part of Dr. Hill's life, he ended up realizing that the biggest missing component in his whole approach was the fact that he wasn't mentoring people. He just had the book thing going on. He had some courses and interesting things going on, but for the most part, there was no official mentoring program. So he started to put one together with Ben for three years, Ben Gay the third. And, and Ben uh, basically took it and ran with it, you know, ended up having millions of people work for him as salespeople, mm-hmm. uh, became the uh, attitude coach for the Apollo astronauts, uh, he, we worked with the worst of the worst people with Charlie Manson and, wow. and all of the prison wow. for like uh, San Quentin prisons. He did amazing stuff and it was all using Dr. Hill's, um, uh, training and mentoring that he was able to do this stuff creating some of the most amazing, he launched whole industries like the 800 call center industry. Yeah. A lot of- thing so yeah, he did some cool stuff yeah yeah so there, so bottom line was you know just one of his books alone has sold over 10 million copies um so and he's the author of the closer series the closer series that's right yeah if anybody's if anybody hasn't found that book yet go find it there's now four of them i believe there's three but he's got other ones that are related okay yeah there's three it's closers one two and three and then um but anyway so but so ben is is a powerhouse. So it's kind of like what we said is, okay, Andrew Carnegie mentored Dr. Hill, Dr. Hill mentored Ben. 
I and Ben have partnered together and we're going to mentor other people in a success mentoring system we call uh, Mentoring Dynamics. Nice. And Mentoring Dynamics is really this, um, it's the leading success mentoring programs. And it's, and it's, the problem is it's not one size fits all. And it's a good thing and a bad thing, but it's, it's hard to explain because it's really taking somebody from where they are to where they want to go success. Um, and, and it's, and depending if it's a business thing, if it's a professional thing, are you an executive or are you a business owner, entrepreneur, you know, like right now we're focusing on business owners right this second and we got people coming on board with that and we're talking about business freedom. You right. know, it's everybody wants business freedom, sure. but uh, the problem is they find themselves in business bondage. Yeah, because they're doing everything. They're yeah. in every every. They're the chief cook, bottle washer, trying yeah. to make all yeah. this stuff. Happen, yeah, and they're killing themselves. They're yeah. killing themselves. Yeah, we, we, it was one of my biggest challenges. Is um, and and although my ex used to joke about it, she used to call herself the mistress, and my job was the wife. And this was before I read Think and Grow Rich. So I understand that. Um, you know, you mentioned that, that as much of a blessing and a curse as it can be that it's more individualized as far as a mentoring program. Um, I've seen a lot of programs that are one size fits all. The attrition rate on them is horrendous in my opinion, only because how can you possibly do a one size fits all when you're mentoring somebody through a journey versus... Here's something to just take a look at. Just do these activities and you'll be fine. Right. And, th and that's really what I've seen out on the market. So what you're telling me is, is that somebody is actually going to get a much more focused effect Absolutely. on whatever it is that they're coming through. So that I, I, that's, dude, that's, a, that's an applause. And okay, okay, business freedom. How are you going to achieve business freedom when you're just starting out? Okay. Yeah, right. Journey. So that what you need first is completely different than the guy who's got 100 guys working for him. Right. The guy with a hundred guys wants to scale to a thousand if, if, if that's what he wants. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So there's different things going on there. And, uh, and it's also how, you know, how much, you know, time do you have? Like one of the, the recent guys we brought on, he said, look, I got 30 hours a week to invest in making this thing a success. And I said, okay, so this will make sure we, we, we can take that. We, we look at his current budget. We look at where he's got, he's got 30 years as a, a leading 10,000 hour kind of guy. Nice. Uh, in a in a given niche that he's working for some of the biggest companies that will, in the world the most elite companies in the world he's really good at it but he's not really good at selling it so what we've done is we've created a sales mentoring program so nice. it, it walks through because his way to freedom is to get the sales thing done right so, so he's got to get that taken care of so that's really where he's he's at with it of course that just happens to be ben's one of his big yeah uh, home turfs you know yeah but the reality is is that um we are we've got a series of uh really exciting uh mentorships depending on where people are at in their situation you know awesome and um it's that's really what it takes you know you know it's everybody's got a different situation and there's always the next thing the next whatever thing, the thing is the next right. level whatever right. so that i think so the protege program can roll into the next thing. It's like you get them yeah. through one section. They can just keep going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause some, some, cause some guys think that it, once it's done, you're gone and that's it. You know, it's like, no, 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 this is a, it's a, it's a life. It's a lifelong journey. Well, it is, it is. And, and the question you have to ask yourself though, really is at what point are you done? 
Okay. See, the most important question to ask yourself really is, what is your business going to look like when it's done? And nobody ever asked that question. I mean, Michael Gerber, I used to work with, Mm -hmm. okay, um, basically, he would ask that question. He'd say, look, you know, uh, he goes, what does your business look like when it's done? And the people who were the most successful, like IBM, you know, um, you know, Tom Watson, people like, you know, Ray Kroc, what does it look like when it's done? Okay. And if you don't have it done, you'll never be done. Okay. Which means you will be a slave to that business for the rest of your life. Okay. When are you ready to either sell it or what's your exit strategy? If you do want to, you do love baking cookies and you're like Mm -hmm. meals cookies or something or whatever. Right. Fine. Okay. But at least know that that's what you decided to do. Not that you're doing it because you have to do it. Right. And all that kind of stuff. So it's really about that definite chief aim. What does it look like when you're done? You better know the definite chief aim. What's the outcome? What are you, what are you looking for? What's the end of the movie look like? Right. You know, and that kind of stuff. I think, I think over half, cause I've had conversations with um, millennials over that very thing. Um, one of my coaches is Coley Davis. He's an executive coach. Um, his wife is the one that taught me how to be a business etiquette trainer. Um, and one of, one of the conversations we had was the simple one, you know, what is it, what do you want to be in five, 10 years? Mm-hmm. What resources are you going to need to get there? <clears throat> What's that going to look like? Right. That's the last question. What is that going to look like? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many of them have no clue. Wow. They just, they've, it's either that they've been sold the bill of goods that today's the only day that you're living for. So just do what you can and get it over with. And you know, they're not in their thirties, um, about time to make a choice on what y'all got to get done. And they're still putzing around. You know, I, I know a few that are very successful, wildly successful, but what you just said too is what does it look like when the business is done? They're not done yet. I still see them going out there and playing the hustle game. I'm like, what are you going to do with all this money that you're making? I mean, great. You're making money. It's only you. There's really nobody else around you. And if you do have somebody else around you, I mean, where are you going with all of this, man? And, and half the time, they're just, oh, I'm just going to keep making money. Right. There's the, there's, yeah. I think and they're missing the end of the movie is what I'm thinking. It, there's no question. You know? <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, there's the big end of the movie. Everybody's end of the movie, right? Yeah. That everybody's got to think about. But even there's the end of that particular leg of the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, says, okay, do you really want to be, say, you know, whatever it is, you know, selling sunglasses at the beach, you know. For the right, right. Whatever you're doing, right? Right, right, uh, right. You know, so the question is you may enjoy that, you know, five-year stint. Uh, but the question is, where where is it taking you next? What is it? What it, what is it, the other areas of your life that you want? You have to do an evaluation of all that kind of stuff and really understand, and also understand where happiness comes from. I mean, there's there's some of the richest people in the world are some of the most miserable. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I've 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 met a couple of those people too, and I who was it that I talked with? So back in Hawaii, ran into somebody. I don't remember their name. Well, we were sitting down at the Ritz Carlton. And at the time I was a musician, just playing music. And I went and sat down and had hung out with him for a little bit. Nice guy. Um, but during the conversation, it's just like, yeah, I just kind of wish I didn't have all this to deal with. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, this. I'm, I'm always at hotels. I'm always out doing business. I make a lot of money, but I don't, I don't, really, I don't really care for it. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, I'd rather be doing what you're doing. I'm like, dude, you'd rather be playing music? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's that's a perfect example. It's like you know, it's uh, 
the tragedy when they when they realize it's like I was speaking at an event about ten years back. Mm. It was a really neat event. It was my favorite events. But anyway, uh, Stephen Covey, oh, yeah. Dr. Covey, still alive, and he was also speaking uh, as well. And he had told us, he goes, you know, it's really a tragedy when you're climbing the ladder of success and you get to the top and you realize your ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow, I have never heard it said like that. That is awesome. Yeah, that is really, awesome. <laughs> I said, okay, so it's really important to make sure your ladder is leaning up against the right. Right. Yeah, because yeah, those ladders get pretty high. It's kind of a long walk back down if you if you're on the wrong wall. <laughs> you know, you got a lot of invested, and it's hard to leave. I know, all that time. Oh yes. my gosh! So it's really important. That's that's why this whole definite chief aim thing is so important. Is okay. What does that look like? Um, you know, there's what, lots. Of what would be a what would be a um, a good piece of advice to to give somebody the first in as to sitting down and actually starting to figure out what that chief aim is. What would be something that you could share um, as well, a starting point? Well, I can tell you what I told to that group because that same group of people, um, that's what actually, it was a uh, Jay Abraham event. And oh, wow. they had asked me to speak about greatness. And I said, okay, well, I can talk about greatness, but first I had to talk about success. Right. And it was really kind of interesting because in one minute I had about a hundred, well, probably about 90% of the audience go to the back of the room and want more information about something I was talking about <laughs> in one minute, which is kind of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> Even have it on video, which is really exciting. But anyway, yeah, I want to see that video. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, it was really fun. But I was talking about Dr. Hill, actually. I was talking about um, uh, success. And I said, you know, and, and this, is, this is the truth, you know, and it's, it's, you can't get around it, okay? You can try to deny it. And I had 10 people who walked out, okay? And uh, I had a, like 190 people ran, wanted more information, but 10 people walked out. And, and Jay was a little upset. He says, Mark, what's going on? I said, and he, goes, he, goes, he goes, I believe in polarizing an audience, but not here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so he was a poor, and I, I said, you know, I was doing anything wrong. But anyway, it was really kind of an interesting situation. Um, I basically said this. I said, look, the, the law of success, okay, every, I learned after 20 years of studying it, okay, that all of those laws were simply laws in the Bible. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things I found out was really kind of interesting was, is that he, um, is that all of the success books have followed the same pattern as Dr. Hill's book. Okay which is basically this uh -huh. come up with what your definite chief aim is and then my system will help you achieve it that's <laughs> basically that's the i, I had ten thousand books and two thousand were success books and all of them the same concept figure out what your goal is figure out where you're going figure out what you know what your yeah. outcome you know the end from the beginning right? all these different things and then here the system will help you achieve okay, that's basically how, uh, that's how it works the Bible is different. The Bible actually tells you what your definite chief aim should be. Right. And that's where the truth is. And I found it in the scriptures. And it basically says that's where true greatness is. That the creator made you in his image. Right? We're made in his image. We can think unlike any other uh, beings. And we can create 
not like any other beings, you know, the birds create, you know, robins create a robin's nest every single time, right? And all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay, we create, you know, you couldn't get two people to have the same house, you know, if it's on right. the same block, same neighborhood, same plan, same that, because we're so unique and creative. Yeah. Bottom line though is that the creator wanted us to become great. Yeah. So greatness is the goal we should be seeking for. So whenever you're doing less than you should, okay, and you're becoming less than you should, then you're really uh, giving your, you're shortchanging yourself, and in the end, you'll be unhappy. Um, so we've been designed to serve in great ways, serve humanity, serve marketplaces. You know, we get these ideas, these ideas that can change the world. They can change, they can seem to change somebody's life. They can change a marketplace. They can change families. They can change certain niches or whatever. Right. And, and our job is to take these ideas and lead them into a marketplace, into the, into the world. It could be a nonprofit thing too. It doesn't have to be a for-profit right. thing. Right. Right. And our job is to become these guys, these people with great ideas that can change the world, but actually do something with them. Right. Okay? And that's where a lot of the generation we have has not been uh, properly um, educated right. in that you know what that's where you're going to find your most uh exciting life sure. is finding an idea that you know can change the world or your part of the world or a part of the world that you want to change and and then lead that and become the champion the evangelist or whatever you want to call it uh for that concept you have a lot of people um the new generation behind the millennials that are coming up and a couple of times I've already heard some pretty decent ideas come out of them with regards to, you know, some great, some great things that could be put out in the marketplace. A um, couple nonprofit, couple for-profit, um, but they're scared. Um, as you and I both know, our, our education system is struggling. It's, it's not exactly giving out the things that it ought to be giving out, you know, things like financial literacy and how to start a business, how to, how to be that creative and how to be that kind of great um, and I hate to say it, but even some of our spiritual leaders have been failing with regards to putting out the fact that the creator wants us to be great. Um, some for fear of the, the prosperity doctrine, which I can see, but others, but others from the, from the standpoint of, we don't know if that's really the right way to go. And yet, like you said, um, I mean, even, even the, the whole thing, the moment you said the 10 people walked out, I said, there's the story of Christ with the rich man. Right. They're afraid to give up what they what they've done because they put so much time into it to go follow, Absolutely. or or to go and serve others because they may not have or they may only have been serving self versus the creator. What could you say to somebody who's looking at that, going, "Ah, oh, you know, maybe someday." I mean, he gave you the idea now. Right. There might be a need for the next ten, twenty years for you to work on this in order for it to actually succeed. Are you going to discount that gift that was given to you out of revelation? Or, I mean, how do, how do you, how would you address something like that? Cause I didn't know how to, turn, I didn't know how to tell him like, no, nah, dude, you should, you should, you should go and dig in and go get it. I mean, other than telling them that. Well, I'd probably tell them a story. Oh yeah. Stories always. Yeah. Okay. Because stories, because people, they don't get logic a lot of times. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> just try to tell it to them and said, look, this is the way it is. And they're like, okay, it makes sense. But, right. But if you tell them a story, like I have nine daughters, for instance, and, um, and I've got tons of guys 
trying to become married to my daughter and I've sure. had to say most of them. Uh, but the first <laughs> any of them who have come to me, I try to guide them and help them and f- help to figure out their lives and see what's going on and the whole bit. I try to give them advice and mentor them and all that. And I tell them, I said, you know, one of the things you want to think about is this, is that when it comes to my daughter, I said, look, my daughter has, has got a special gift. Okay. And she is that gift. Mm-hmm. She's all nice and well packaged. Right. Nobody's going to open that gift except her husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you understand what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? And it'd be a real tragedy that if that package opened up, okay, it was opened up prematurely to the wrong guy. Right. Okay. Right. And, um, you know, because then she's going to have to tape it all back up together. Yeah. And then she's going to have to present it to her real husband. And she's going to say, I try to take care of my gift as much as I could. I've kind of put the bow back on. And, right. right. You know, and that's a tragedy. Yeah. So yes. the issue here is tragedy. Right. And so if you have an idea or a gift, it's one of these ideas that has been given to us, even Tom Paine, Thomas Paine called these, these ideas gifts. Yeah. They're visitors, you know, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And I think the Almighty gives it to us somehow. I don't know how that process works exactly, but it's there. Right. And so you take the gift, and, and your job is to do something with the gift. Right. Otherwise, it's useless. So it's a tragedy when you get a gift and you don't do something with it. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and so, or you do the wrong thing with it. Yeah, that, that which okay. does happen quite often, unfortunately. Right. So our job is to, is to appreciate gifts. Okay, so maybe the person has a gift themselves. So maybe you have this talent for, say, like music. Okay, if you know that's your talent and you know that you could be a gift to the world with that and you don't, it's a tragedy. Do you want to regret? Then do something with it. Right. Um, It's about now the balance between tons of opportunity, tons of gifts, and focus. That's a big challenge sometimes. Okay, but there's a, there's a way to do this. There's a way to make it happen. And so I'd strongly suggest that people look at the gifts they have, look at these ideas they have, and, and pick the next one that they are really excited about doing something about. And if they're not, get excited about one of them, okay, or one of the gifts they have, and go out and make something fantastic with it. Right. Uh, I'd tell them another story. Um, there's an interesting um, movie. I can't remember what the movie was, but basically there was a story about this guy who ends up killing his dad, which is kind of a crazy thing. But um, he's in jail. Okay. And the, the, the prison psychiatrist is asking him a question. He says, so you must have really hated your dad. And he goes, no, I love my dad. He goes, really? He goes, yeah. And, and he said, well, then what happened? He goes, well, it all st-. he goes, I'll never forget when I was eight years old and I was at this, um, we were at this carnival and I was there with him the whole day and my legs were getting tired and the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, Hey, you want me to carry you? And he said, sure. Okay. So I, my dad, my dad put me on his shoulders and I could tell it was getting hard for him to carry me. I was a big little guy and, and it was getting tough and stuff, but he just kept on carrying me. 
And I said, Dad, do you want me to put me down? He goes, no, son, no, it's okay. And after a while, after several hours, I said, Dad, I must be getting really, really heavy. And he says, son, you're not heavy. You're my son. Mm. And, and so you never know what you may do to make change somebody's life forever. You never know what may thing you may do. One little act of kindness, one little idea, one little service, one little product, one little whatever that may just change somebody's life forever. And, and so that's what life is. Life is about creating these life-changing moments. And all of us have the ability to do that, even in the smallest things, but in the big things. Every day I turn the light bulb. I think about Thomas Edison. He's, he was raised right here. I'm an inventor. I have patents in 25 countries, so I was a big inventor guy. But I'm happy. You know, I'm really thankful for him because we, we have these lights that you can just turn on. Right. You know, these exact same kind of lights that he made, you know, 50, 100 years ago. Right. It's what a great invention. And he's helped billions of people with it. So that's what life is about, in my opinion, is helping people it's greatness it says in the scriptures as well it says basically that service is greatness yes and so when you get and i've got four parts of service i've got one serve well okay do more than expected which is going the extra mile the first thing you do is you serve well you do it as expected the second thing you do is you go twice as far so if somebody tells you to do a one mile you go with them too so you basically do twice as good because that's where all the raving fans come from is when you do more than you're ever expected. Who are these people? Who is this guy who's doing surrogate? And then you will write your own ticket, whether, you're, whether you have a job, whether, you have a, whether you're an executive, whether, you're, whether you have a company. When you go that far above it, they will, you will always have the best of the best wanting you. Right. And they will give you, they will invite you to the best places. They will pay you the ransom, a king's ransom, to be able to, because there's nobody who goes twice as far. And that's really where it's at. Then, then, after you've served well, you serve extra. Then you serve many. Don't go to serve many before you serve extra. Right. Each person, you serve them well, then serve many. Okay? That makes sense. And then the last thing is that after you've done all that, then you serve more. Come up with new products, whatever it is may be. But that's that's how you become great, you know? That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. You've dropped probably about 15 to 25 super huge gold nuggets in this interview, brother. Um, and, and, and we're actually past the normal time of, of interviewing. Um, so two things I want to wrap up with. One, um, the last protege program. When is that opening? It's open. We basically, if you go to the last, there's four different ways to get there, but the main, just go to the lastprotege.com. Ben is the last protege. Yeah, okay. yeah he is. Yeah. So it's not just the name of the program. That's just really who Ben is. Right. But it's, we're launching the fact that uh, we're, we're going to do and create a series of mentorships. We already have them going. We already have clients coming on board, which is amazing. Uh, the first thing we had, we had that and partners coming out of the woodwork. Give one guy, wants to, he's got 32 million people in his group he wants to promote us to. Uh, it's amazing stuff going on. But basically, just go to the last protege, sign up on the front page, and you'll get more information. Cool. Um, about the details and uh we'll be glad to help you walk through uh we'll even help you for free to to see what's the area 
that you really need some help in. We'll help you assess that, figure it out. So spoken. And then is there any place people can follow you? Like um, you're on LinkedIn, I know, because we're connected there now. Any place else they can follow you that you put out content or talk or stuff sure. like that? I'm, I'm not going to announce it yet, but I'm, I'm after a long time, I've been, I have some of the best podcasting people in the world helping me. And I finally have approved uh, the podcast that I want to create. Nice. Is- I'm totally looking forward to that, brother. I'll be listening to that often. I'm going to be interviewing only people who have, uh, who are world-class geniuses in what they do. Woo-hoo. An amazing thing. So I'm really excited about it. Um, and, uh, you can go either there or mentored by the masters is, is, is my site as well. But, um, but the last protege, you'll find out information. It's a partnership between Ben and I, so you'll find out information from me there as well. So that's just awesome. make it something. No, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Mark, thank you very, very much for spending time with me, having some coffee, having a Java chat, um, yeah. running down some rabbit holes. These are so, these are, this is the kind of stuff that I love. And I'm sure most of my listeners love because. They get to learn a ton from people that have already been there, done that, and understand these principles way better than the rest of the world does. Um, So thank you very much. Uh, For those of you that are listening on the podcast, thanks again. Hope your cup of coffee didn't run out and uh, may always have a full cup. Uh, To those of you that are watching, um, dig in. You get to watch this again. I mean, there's like some really good points in this video that are are worth listening to a few times. I know I'm going to listen to it again. I won't enjoy listening to me because I'm my own worst critic, but I'll enjoy listening to Mark. (laughs) From from both of us to all of you, thank you very much. We love you guys. Take care. Talk soon. Thanks, my friend.